After surgery, you become grateful. You become appreciative. I'm grateful to all those who've prayed for me and my family. I'm appreciative of all the phone calls that I've received and the well wishes and prayers that I've received. I'm grateful and appreciative of my wife, Terry Woodward, Carrie, Ray, you know, it's nice to be married to a nurse, isn't it? Jimmy, you know, it's nice to be married. You may not get a lot of sympathy, but you'll get a medical opinion at least. <laughs> so I really appreciate uh, all of you. Life is hard. Living is hard. Anonymous said, life is simple, it's just not easy. And what I have to say about life today is hard. Today, the topic is hard living. And I was inspired by our theme song that Timothy just sang, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, and how we've, we've changed that around to our theme for the year, Our Faith Looks Up to Thee, especially the end of verse 2 here, where it talks about a, a living fire and the, the whole of verse 3 which says, When life's dark maze I tread and grieves around me spread, be thou my guide, bid darkness turn to day, wipe sorrows, tears away, nor let me ever stray from thee aside. A a living fire is what it takes for us to find our way through the dark maze of life and the, the sudden coldness of death. Someone once said, Life is hard and then you die. And while cynically true, we know there's much more to life than this. And so today, I want you to understand that I'm playing with two different definitions that Webster has for the word hard. The word hard can mean difficult, and the word hard can mean solid. Hard living is our topic for the day. Hard, difficult living has made some broke has made some a drunk. Hard living has made some ahead, some crazy. Hard living has made some scared. Hard living has made some hated. Hard living is, has made some sick and hurt. Hard living has made some even humble. We use the word hard for, for difficult almost every day, don't we? Some of you in, in, in school might say, well, that test was, was really hard. Or, or that job I had to do at work today, well, that, that was a hard job. We understand the word difficult. One might use the phrase living is hard around, and you fill in the blank. Living is hard around my parents. Living is hard around my children. Living is hard around my spouse. Living is hard around the fact that I don't have a spouse. Living is hard around my job. Living is hard around my school. Living is hard, it's difficult, one might say, in my neighborhood. One might say, it's hard living on my farm. It's hard living with my illness, one might say. It's hard living with my lifestyle. Some might even say, my congregation. It's hard to live with them. Some might say, if they're even conscious of it, of such things, that it's hard, that it's difficult living, knowing the future. 
and that how for the moment it seems so bleak. It's hard living that way. It's hard living with my past, some of you might say. Knowing that your past keeps you and will keep you from God. If you don't do something about it. Some may say it's hard living with these secrets that I have that, that no one can know. Because if they know them, they're going to not just kick me out of society. They'll, they'll kick me out of life because of the secrets that I have. Henry David Thoreau said, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. It's hard living. It's hard living knowing you've, you've wasted opportunities. All these opportunities have come your way and, and you and you've just wasted them. Thomas Edison said, Opportunity is missed by a lot because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. And it's hard living knowing that if you just put a little effort into something, Things would have been a lot better. It's hard living knowing your alternatives. It's hard living knowing that someone you love is lost. That's hard for me to live with many times. Knowing that I have loved ones out there that are, that are lost. They don't have Jesus Christ. They don't have the truth. Jesus said the truth will make you free, but you've got to accept the hard truth for it to make you free. And for some, the truth is too hard. It's too difficult. And so you live a life of quiet desperation. You're desperate to forget, aren't you? You're desperate to be distracted. You're desperate to be liked. You're desperate to be loved. Knowing that real love and satisfaction is found in God, but the overall wearing process looks too much like work. So you don't even try. Refusal to accept what God has for you is granted and allowed, but it is sin. Sin makes living real hard. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I, I know, I, I know it's hard on you. Knowing you're a sinner, knowing that you need to do something about it, you know the Bible as well as I do, where it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the payment, the wages for sin is death. You know that as well as I. You know this. It's, it's hard living this way, knowing this about yourself. You may ask... The same question that Paul asked in Romans 7, 24. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And you know who it is. You know it, it's hard. It's difficult living, knowing who can save you and knowing that you are too stuck up and too prideful to accept it. hard for Saul before he became the Apostle Paul. 
on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians, Paul was face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul found it hard, almost impossible, to acknowledge the Lord. Who are you, Lord? And Jesus, who had made Paul fall on the ground, said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Now those goads were these spikes that they put on harnesses for animals. And as the animal kicked, he would kick against that goad and it would train the animal not to kick anymore. And you know the truth and you fight the truth every day. Every time you come in here, every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, you fight the truth and it's hard for you to kick against the goads, isn't it? But, and this is written to Christians, Hebrews 12, verse 7, if you endure chastening, we saw an example of that. I'm using you as an example. Little Justin had to go out. Did you hear what he said? I don't want to be a spanking. But that's what daddies do. And that's what our Father in Heaven will do. He will chasten you if you are His child. And it says, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. You are a sinner. You're a sinner! It's hard living as a sinner. But the consequences of sin you must endure. And those who are spiritual, as we talked about last week, those who are spiritual, we're advised, nay, commanded to love our fellow brothers and sisters, to help our sinner brothers and sisters, to provide real, we like to call it tough love, to the point that it says in Jude 22, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but on others, save with fear. I like King James where it says to snatch them out of the fire. If that's what you've got to do, snatch them out. It's hard living that way though. Hey, it's, it's hard living as a Christian. It's difficult to live as a Christian. Jesus said in Matthew 10, you'll be hated for my name. He said in Luke 14, you've got to forsake all to follow me. If you're thinking about becoming a Christian, or if you're thinking about remaining a Christian, you really need to count the costs. Jesus said in Luke 14, if you build a tower and you don't count the costs and you can't finish what you started, you'll become a laughingstock. And he goes on to say, what king, says Jesus, would, would, would send his army of 10,000 out against an army of 20,000 without looking at a few things first? Jesus said, and He's in your face when He says this, Luke chapter 14, verse 26, If anyone comes to Me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be My disciple. To be a disciple of Jesus, it may cost you your relationships. To be a disciple of Jesus, to live that hard, difficult Christian life, it may cost you some of your friendships. Being a disciple of Jesus will cost you your life.
So before you become a Christian, before you leave your lifestyle, count the costs. Count the costs. Now, if you are a Christian, you know the costs. And Jesus promises that if, if you will endure to the end, you'll be saved. Paul told Timothy, a Christian, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He said you can't get entangled in the affairs of this world and expect to be a good soldier. They're burying a boy down in Colombia today. Was just killed in Afghanistan. His wife at any moment is expecting her first child. Was he a good soldier because he got killed? No, he was a good soldier because he did his job. And he didn't even let the fact that he was having a baby at home get in front of him being a good soldier. You've got to put your life on the line when you become a soldier of the cross. We sing the song, I'm a hard-fighting soldier, and we must endure to make it through hard living, to make it through hard, difficult living. Our living must be hard. It must be solid. Look at your handout today. If If you've got a handout, look at it today. It's on the place where I usually put from the heart. I... I've got it on the screen as well. Brother Steve Hudgens and these, these uh, sheet sermons that he had. He says in this particular sermon, men want preachers to please them. To go easy on them. Go easy, preacher, when you talk about denominations. Go easy. Go easy, preacher, on us about our worldliness. Go easy, preacher. We we only want positive sermons. Don't give us any negative sermons, preacher. Don't fight others, preacher. You might drive them away if you say any of the truth that's mentioned here. Your reward, preacher, will be popularity and financial security. And you know what? You might, make, you might think that means something to a man with four children and a mortgage. But if I preach to please you, my end is hell. What would you, what will you say when I preach? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, The Father revealed that to you, Peter. It's the truth. And on this rock of truth, I will build my church, my one true church. There's only one church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. I don't preach to please men. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Like my uncle said, he's the elder down in Franklin. He said, not everybody's going to like you when you preach. 
And my reward for preaching the truth is unpopularity at times. But in the end, it will be heaven. Like Brother Hudgens points out in the second chart, people don't want to hear about giving. They don't want to hear about working or visiting. They want to hear about hell. They want to hear about gossip. They don't want to hear about adultery. They don't want to hear that there's only one church or that one must be baptized to be saved. Or They want to hear about faithful attendance. Don't tell me about that, preacher. Truth is hard. It's difficult to face. But this same truth is hard. It's solid. It's like a rock. It will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32. We must be hard. We must be hard. We must be solid. We must, we must be hard in, a, in opposing untruth. We must be hard in opposing false doctrine. We must be solid on this fountainhead. Christ warns us about being soft. He warns us about being soft. Revelation chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. If the church at Pergamos, it said, didn't fight actively against the false doctrines surrounding them, it says Jesus would fight against them with the sword of His mouth. The double-edged sword of the Word of God is what it's talking about there, folks. And if we don't actively fight against false doctrines here at Fountainhead, the gospel by which men are saved will condemn us in the end. Like the church in Thyatira in Revelation, if we allow sexual immorality to run rampant here at Fountainhead and we don't repent when faced with the truth of our sins, Jesus will give each one according to their works. Revelation chapter 2 verse 23. Yes, I'm being hard on us today. Because we're in a war. Wars aren't easy. Wars are hard. You've got to have the stomach to fight a war. That's the problem today. The church doesn't have the stomach to fight the war. Our shepherds here, they're making sure that the sheep have been fed solid, good food. You can't be squeamish in war. Peter says, he warns about Satan in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He warns about Satan looking for us to fail. Satan uses people, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, and seeks them out for destruction, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And if you're not ready, Satan will make very, things very hard on you if you're not ready. We're soldiers in a war, and we've been given all the armor... And all the weapons to defeat Satan, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. But if you notice, if you look at that, the very first step of all those weapons and all that armor is you've got to put them on. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. We must stand in the gap, even if it means our lives, even if it means and counts and, and costs us everything that we have. We must be ready to pay for it. John the baptizer was ready to pay for it. In Mark chapter 6, he told Herod the truth, and that meant his head. 
In Acts chapter 7, Stephen had already counted the cost and it cost him his life by people throwing rocks, big rocks on him until he died. Paul in Ephesus in in Acts chapter 19 almost got killed for what he was speaking and for what he was preaching. But you know what? We don't face being killed as American Christians. Physically killed. We face social death. Can you believe they're the only ones who think they're the only ones going to heaven? Can you believe that? Can you believe, can you believe that they would say that you've got to be baptized into Jesus Christ to be saved? Can you believe that? We face being petted to death here in America. Just don't preach on that, preacher. It's too hard. Preach on the easy things. Let me know how much God loves me. And only that. Let me tell you something. We're being petted to death and ultimately this wide road will lead us to spiritual death. Paul, in Romans chapter 16, verse 17, he taught to mark, mark false teachers. Mark them. You know what? That means there's got to be a confrontation somewhere down the road. If you're going to mark somebody, you've got to confront them about it. At some point, there's got to be a conversation about the elephant in the room. And since this is a war, why not have this conversation and why not have this confrontation on ground that God chooses? Anything, anything, anything other than God's ground is sinking sand. Anything. Paul told Timothy to fight, 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, to fight the good fight of faith, and we must stand on hard, solid ground in the gaps and shun the wrong and do the right. And I know the Lord will find a way for me. If we resist the devil, he will flee from us, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. And this is done through hard, solid living. Hard living is crown living, James says in James chapter 1, verse 12. And if you endure, you'll receive the crown of life. Endure hard living, James says in James chapter 5, verse 11, and you'll be blessed. Stand up for God and you'll find favor for being treated unjustly. Hard living will kill you. Hard living this world has for you, it'll kill you. It's so much easier to do things the right way. Hard, solid living will save you because God's plan of salvation is solid and it's not difficult. Repent. Die to self. Die to sin, Romans chapter 6, verse 2. Be buried in baptism, Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. 
And live hard. Live hard. Christians are built faith tough. That's what I want for you. I want you to live a hard, solid life. How hard is your life going to be from this day forward going on? Is it going to be difficult hard or solid hard? It's your choice. Come right now. It's together we stand and sing.